How should we pray? That's the question the disciples asked Jesus, and it's a great question. Jesus gives them words that we have come to know as the Lord's Prayer, but what he actually gives them is much, much more. And that's what we're going to discover today. Hi, welcome to St Ninian's in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart and I get to be the minister here. Thanks so much for joining us from wherever you find yourself today. Don't forget to like, share and follow or subscribe so that you don't miss anything. Today I'm delighted to be joined by my wife Avril in leading worship. So let's listen as she reads for us from Luke's Gospel. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 11 verses 1 to 13. He was praying in a certain place and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, Lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me, the door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Prayer is a tricky topic. People often wonder, how do you do it? What do you say? Do you need to use fancy words or speak in a slightly odd voice? And it seems like that's always been the case because we hear in Luke chapter 11 that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray just like John the Baptist taught his followers how to pray. On the face of it, that seems like an odd question. And I wonder why they asked. They had plenty of prayers. The Jewish faith has a whole range of prayers for different situations and occasions. They would have known the ones that they needed to know. And for the rest, there was a priest, a rabbi, to take care of that for them. So I wonder, what did they think they were missing out on? We read that Jesus takes himself off, away from people, away from crowds and the clamour for his attention, and he prays. And the disciples see this and they obviously wonder, what does he say? Because there isn't a prayer for that. And so they ask. I wonder what you see when you imagine that scene. I tend to see a, a picture of a bunch of big daft laddies nudging each other. You ask him. No, you ask him. And eventually someone plucks up the courage and steps forward. Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he does. He teaches them what we've come to know as the Lord's Prayer. Well, he teaches them some of it. 
There's a bit more of it in Matthew's version and we seem to have added lots of bits along the way, but Jesus gives them the bones. See this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. It seems so simple. Six lines, that's it, just six lines, 38 words. To give you some context, my sermons are usually somewhere short of 2,000 words, so perhaps I should edit more. People have written books about this prayer. People preach for weeks about it. We could go a sentence at a time, even a word at a time, and still have plenty to say. But today, I want to think about something a little different. We'll talk a bit about the prayer because we should, it's important. But before we do, we need to go back to the request. Teach us how to pray. The disciples feel that they're missing out on something important. And Jesus' answer to the question, both in the words of the prayer, but also the stuff he says after it, gives us a huge clue to what they think they're really asking about. They were missing out on a sense of intimacy with God. They've been watching Jesus and listening to him, and he keeps talking about God as Father. They do that too, that's not unusual. But there's something different about the way that Jesus says it. They speak of God as Father in the sense that we would talk about someone who was important or powerful or responsible for creating some kind of theory or or way of thinking. Father for them is a formal relationship. But when Jesus talks about God as Father, he's speaking about his dad. When Jesus is speaking to God, he speaks to someone he has an actual relationship with and they want some of that. And Jesus realises just how important that is for them because it's hugely important for him. We see later in the story as the relationship deepens that Jesus starts to call his disciples friends, not followers. He calls them children, not in some patronising way as though they behave like five-year-olds although sometimes they do, but because he knows that they're young in their faith and that they're growing in understanding, but also because they need to feel like they, like him, have a father and that God is that father. So the prayer starts by stating that, Father, your name is holy. Your name is honoured. It's two commandments wrapped into one. Worship the Lord your God. And honour your father and mother. Your father and mother. God is your father. Not in some far off way, but in a close and loving way. Then your kingdom come, a statement of mission. That's what we want above all things. That's what we would work for and give all our effort to make happen. But that also relates to the first sentence. God is our Father, our Father whose name is holy, whose name is to be hallowed because God is the most important thing to us. So of course we would want God's kingdom to come. Then daily bread, reminding ourselves that everything we have comes from God. Everything. All the food we eat, the materials for everything we make and the knowledge to make it. Then it's forgiveness. We try to forgive Why? Because we have a Father who is more merciful, more loving, more just, more forgiving than we could ever imagine. 
Often the biggest problem we have with forgiveness is forgiving ourselves. Until we can do that, until we can accept the possibility, it's almost impossible to forgive someone else. How can we forgive if we think that forgiveness is provisional or conditional? Not for the likes of us, and certainly not for the things that we've done. So we try to live it out. We practice forgiveness because we want to show people that God is forgiving. God's kingdom is a kingdom where forgiveness is real, where mercy abounds, where love wins. If people can't see that in us, then how will they know what God is like? And keep us in the straight and narrow. Help us not to wander off, to be distracted, to be tempted. This is a prayer that lays out what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. But more than that, this is a prayer that's the blueprint for showing us what it means to live as a child of God. But that's not their understanding of God. They've been told that God is far away. God is harsh and judgmental. They've spent their lives being told again and again that God is angry with them and that all they can do is say sorry and bring sacrifices and be punished for their wrongdoing. God's not bothered by the likes of them. Ever. They shouldn't be asking God for anything. And if they ever did, well, they'd be astonished if God answered. So Jesus gives them an example that they can understand. You know when you really, really wanted something as a child, but you know that there was just no way that you were getting it? I wonder what strategies you used. Did you do all your chores without being asked, being extra helpful? Or maybe a bit of a double bluff. No, I'm actually not that bothered about it. Or did you just ask and ask and ask and ask and ask until eventually you wore them down and they gave in? Anything to get you to stop asking. So Jesus says, imagine your friend came to the door in the middle of the night when everyone was asleep. You've got work in the morning and the kids are school and they're chapping at the door, waking everyone up. They've got an unexpected visitor and no food for them. How's that my problem? You should have been more prepared. Look, everyone's asleep. Go away. But they keep knocking. And you get more and more exasperated because they keep knocking. Fine, just take some food. Just be quiet. It's nothing to do with kindness or generosity or even concern for your friend. You just want them to be quiet and go away. But you give them what they want to make that happen. And that's what the disciples think God is like. Even more so, actually. You would never dare to go and chat God's door in the middle of the night. Jesus tells them that that's not what God's like at all. God's loving and kind and welcoming. God is patient and generous and forgiving. You can tell God anything. You can ask God for anything. But please understand one thing. It's not some kind of blank check. And that's the mistake we so often make. And we use it as an easy way out of our part of the relationship. We ask for things that God can't give and then blame God for not stepping up. So we need to circle back to the prayer. Father, my Father, Dad, your name is holy and we want so much for your kingdom to come. That's our one purpose, our focus. Look after us, please. Help us to rely on you and realise that we are not in charge, that you are. And forgive us. Forgive us because we really need that. And to show that we realise that we'll try to forgive those who have done us wrong. 
and keep us safe because we know that trying to live this way is hard. This prayer, this Lord's Prayer, should never just slip off our tongues. It should never be something we parrot and repeat without a moment of thought for what we're saying. To do that means that we have completely misunderstood it. To allow that to happen means that we don't take even the first line seriously. That we don't actually think God's name is so holy after all. This prayer is a completely new mindset. This prayer is a completely new way of thinking about God and a new way about thinking about ourselves. This prayer is a new set of priorities for a new way of living. It's nothing short of transformational. It should change who we are, how we are, and what we do. And most importantly, this prayer should remind us that God is our Father and that we are children of God. If this is our guide to prayer, then I want doesn't fit in. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. But that's not a blank shopping list to fill in every day with the things that we want God to fix or deal with for us. If we take this prayer seriously, then our only questions are, God, what do you need me to do? Where do you need me to go? What do you want me to say? And how can I be more like you? All we would want to do is what God wants us to do. To be who God wants us to be, our only aspiration would be to do the kinds of things that build God's kingdom. Our only desire would be to see those people who live with the burden of guilt being forgiven. Because we all know how hard it is to carry that weight around for so long. So when we pray these words together, let's realise what we are saying, who we're talking to, and what that means for us and our world. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Knowing that Questions are a sign of faith, not doubt. Knowing that in looking comes finding. Know that you knock on an already open door where our Father is waiting.
and sorrow cease Prisoners held by fear release Heal the broken-hearted with your peace We, your people, bear your name Boldly now your love we claim Knowing that our cry is heard Come forgive our sin and heal our world Oh Let us pray. Gracious God, our Creator and our Source, we present ourselves today and every day in thanks for your word, your guidance and your love. As we seek to be ever more like you and more fully ourselves, we come before you in prayer. For our troubled world, torn apart by greed, by a failure of stewardship, by inequality, and by disease. Help us and all those who can to find new ways and new strengths, to help and to heal, to bring justice and your saving message to all whom we meet. For our communities, as we search for ways to break the all-too-familiar isolation, shine your light of love into the darkness, of ignorance and distance. Help us to live and to embrace your life-giving commandment to love their neighbours. For your churches in this time of worry, as we seek to find our place in this world of competing priorities, reignite the flame of faith 
in the hearts of your beloved children. Help us to find new ways to spread your mission and message to a world so in need of your love. For all those in pain, all those bereaved, all those doubting, all those struggling, all those on the margins, all those searching, all those we each hold in our hearts now. And for our searching selves, as we try to live as you tell us, we ask for your unending support to help us to be more like you and embrace who you have made us to be, just as we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, knowing that questions are a sign of faith, not doubt. Know that in looking comes finding. Know that you knock on an already open door. And may the blessing of the one who loves you, hears you and welcomes you be yours now and always. Thank you.